You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan, Lucas Smith. Your host for the show today is Wednesday, November the 4th. The show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com now and use promo code Locked On, You'll get 20% off your next order. My apologies for the late release today, guys. I was staying up late watching the election results and woke up early to watch some more election results and see... What's coming in and the reports and path to victory for each of the candidates and all these all that good stuff. So very uh, important election coming up, but I'll provide you with 15 to 18 minutes right now of a, a bit of a distraction as we break down the BBWA um, finalists for the BBWAA, excuse me, for the MVP, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, and Cy Young or stick it in the NL. But before we do, I'll start with the manager of the year candidates in the NL uh, in, in a minute, and then I'll go into MVP, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year. No Cardinals will win any of those awards, but a couple of Cardinals did win awards yesterday. Uh, I, I just want to say real quick how bizarre it was that the card, or excuse me, that the MLB decided to stick with announcing the Gold Glove winners on the same night as election night in 2020 with such a pivotal election, but anyways. Uh, two Two Cardinals do take home the gold. Colton Wong with his second consecutive gold glove. Um, he's going to get plenty of attention in the free agent th- th- this offseason. He had really, really solid num- numbers um, defensively, and he just really, he, you, you could argue, he took a step back defensively in 2020, or excuse me, took a de- step back offensively in 2020, but you cannot make the argument that he took a step back defensively in 2020 and uh he he was just super impressive year in and or day in and day out making some really incredible plays what what i like about wong is that i don't when i say this i don't recommend moving him to shortstop by any means but i do think that he is one of those second basemen with a cannon for an arm he's not a big guy but he is really able to, to to move quickly and get a lot on his throws and that's what allows him to make a lot of the, the strong place up the middle going away from first base is the ability to, to plant and throw and, and get an out so congratulations to Colton Wong the other Cardinal winner was left fielder Tyler O'Neill. nine defensive run saves in left field this year leading all left fielders 25 years old this is his first gold glove I think that whenever I first heard this it was kind of a shock to just be to be honest with you guys but when you really think about it, of all the the negative attention Mr. O'Neill gets in the off on the offensive side of things, he really does play a really solid and Gold Glove caliber left field. He impressed this year again. The nine defensive run saves. Yeah, you know, when I was reading the article, um, watch I watched a little bit of the the award show last night. Um, you know, all the, the diving plays that he made, and it just reminded me of how good of an an outfielder that he really is. Got a pretty good arm as well. Um, I think his glove is more so is the more impressive part of what he has, but. Just an athletic guy, 25 years old, and if he's able to put the bat together with the glove, that's a dangerous left fielder right there. But, again, we've talked about how that is easier said than done so far for Mr. Tyler O'Neill. The only Cardinal nominee to not take home the gold was Paul Goldschmidt. Rizzo 
Uh, Anthony Rizzo, the Cubs won it at first base. Um, third straight gold gloves, fourth in the last five years. She, he's a really good defender. Uh, I think Anthony Rizzo is probably one of the few Cub players that I genuinely like as a baseball player. And, um, yeah, so I, I thought that Paul Goldschmidt, uh, he was the, the least likely of the three for the Cardinals, but I thought that it was probably a good... You know, I don't think anybody got snubbed from, from the Cardinals from that award, except or at least of the nominees. You could argue that Bader and Molina both got snubbed, but um, the final the, the finalists, I should say, all got what they deserved. I thought with O'Neill and Wong winning the Gold Gloves. So congratulations! And I'll start things off as we move on now to the BBWAA awards. Um, I'll start things off with Manager of the Year because the reigning Manager of the Year, Mr. Mike Schultz of the St. Louis Cardinals was not a nominee. The finals finalists in 2020 are Don Mattingly, David Ross, and Jace Tingler. Uh, Mattingly took his team from an NL worst 105 games and then first winning record this year to, since 2009, first postseason appearance since 2003. Dealt with a COVID outbreak. He used 61 different players in 60 games, which is a lot. David Ross was an interesting choice. I think he... You know, great. I think he did fine in his first year in Chicago. Division title, first division title um, since 2017 for Chicago. And after really disappointed 2019. And Jace Tingler, first year manager, um, guided the Padres to their first postseason appearance in 2006 at 37 and 23. Best single season winning percentage in franchise history. The reason I want to start with this one is Mike Schilt wasn't dominated. And I think that. I understand that the Miami Marlins didn't have as much talent, or at least um, talent on paper, as the Cardinals did, but they really both um, they, they both had to deal with the COVID outbreak, and it's just a shock to me that Mike Schultz wasn't nominated as Manager of the Year after taking his team that, again, that had a COVID outbreak that sat 17 days consecutively, which is an extremely long time. I had to put all those doubleheaders late in the season. And it still managed them to a postseason berth. I thought it was extremely impressive. And I thought it was kind of odd, to be quite frank, that Mike Schultz wasn't a finalist. And I think that it was, yeah, it, it was just odd. And I, I, again, I don't think that the managers, um, I don't think that managers have a complete say on, on the game once, you know, at the end of the day, the, man, the, the players have to produce and the players have to perform. And I, I, I am big on the manager not, People put too much pressure on the manager. Uh, I don't say that as to say that managing major league is easy. When I say pressure, I mean that they put that they hinge the wins and losses too much on the managers. Is there are there right and wrong moves in certain situations? Yes, but at the end of the day, especially at the major league level, these are professional players, professional hitters, professional pitchers, professional fielders that need to produce when they're called upon. At the same time, Mike Schultz being able to manage through all of this mess with COVID and managed his way through the season, I think deserves a little bit more recognition. I'd be shocked if he wasn't top five in the final manager of the year tally, uh, but he is not top three. And I think that that's uh, it's an interesting move. And I think it's a head scratcher to say the least, but uh, that's my take on that. I will give my prediction. I'll give my vote on all the awards at the complete end of the show today, but I just wanted to start with manager of the year because of Mike Schultz not being on it. So we still have the MVP, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year awards to talk about, and uh, I'll be talking about those coming up in just a minute. 
But I do want to tell you first about the new and improved Built Bar. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, berry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. My favorite, cookies and cream. And that goes along with 12 outstanding flavors. Every single one of these flavors are soft and easy to chew, and they're covered 100%. That's right, 100% in chocolate, but they're still healthy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Let's take a look at a flavor profile for my favorite cookies and cream. Cookies and cream taste delicious, but it's also got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. And if that wasn't enough to sell you, while supplies last, you can go to BuiltBar.com and get a free cooler with your purchase. Head over to BuiltBar.com now while supplies last for a free cooler. You can also use the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look at the rest of the BBWAA award nominees. Take a look at the MVP first. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Manny Machado, the the finalists here. And I don't think there's any surprise. I think really all three have a shot at winning it. You look at the numbers for Freeman. Award just under three. He hit 341, 13 home runs, drove in 53 OPS plus of 186, OPS of 1,102, slugging 640. Extremely great numbers. Betts had 3.4 wins by replacement, 292, 16 home runs. He also swiped 10 bags, OPS plus of 149. Machado drove in 47, 304, 16 home runs, 158. I think that any three, like I said, 2.8 war, any three could win it. But I really do think that the, the, the two front runners right now are Freeman and Betts. And just because of the leadership on both these teams and the, the ability to step up, uh, Betts, obviously an MVP winner back in 2018 with Boston. He has received MVP votes every year since 2015. Runner-up in 2016, sixth place in 17, first in 18, eighth last year. Back in 15, he was 19th. So he's received votes ever since he was 22 years old. And he's gonna, obviously he has received votes in 2020. He, he's more of an all-around player than Freeman just because of the ability to, to steal bags, Freeman just doesn't have that. But when you, when you look at the the numbers, that they're they are close. But I think Freddie Freeman gets this. Mookie Betts has more home runs, um, on base percentage is a little bit lower though. Slugging percentage is lower. OPS is lower. OPS plus is lower. Runs driven in um, lower. So I think Freddie Freeman is the front runner here. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, any three win it. But I think Freddie Freeman is the front runner, and it's really interesting that you know Freddie Freeman is a guy that has. Been doing this a long time. He was second place for the Rookie of the Year back in 2011. Fifth in MVP in 13. 23rd in 14. Sixth in 16. And then top 10 finishes in 18 and 19. So he's been doing this a long time. He's he's played in every game of his team season three times. 162, 162, and 60 this year for Atlanta. So he's been, like I said, doing a long time. And I think he will he will bust through and get the... Uh, and, and get the MVP, but he's, he's the front runner there. Moving on to the Cy Young, the finalist, Trevor Bauer, Hugh Darvish, and, and Jacob DeGrom. I mean, talk about a toss-up. We'll start with uh, 
Jacob DeGrom, back-to-back Cy Young Award winner for him, 10-9, 11-8, and 4-2 if he wins this year, but his ERA was 1.7 in 2018, 2.43 a year ago, 2.38 this year. Uh, ERA plus of 178, led the league in strikeouts with a, excuse me, with 104 this year. He's finished in the top 10 in Cy Young voting every year since 2015. Just absolutely filthy. Led the league in strikeouts per nine this year. Yu Darvish also had an exceptional year as well. Um, going 8-3, and three, leading the league in wins. Uh, he had 11 strikeouts per nine this year. Walk total was really down, feeling independent. Pitching led the league with 2.23. This will be the first time Darvish receives any Cy Young Award votes since 2013 when he was 26 in Texas and had uh, second place in Cy Young. 2.01 ERA for Darvish. 93 strikeouts and 76 innings is absolutely ridiculous. Trevor Bauer had an incredible year. His win-loss isn't great, 5-4, and four, but ERA leader had two complete games and two shutouts, one of those being a seven-inning game. Uh, led the league in ERA plus of 276, led the league in whip of .79, led the league in lowest hits per nine among qualifiers with 5.1. I think this as well is a toss-up on all three. I think that Bauer might be be the front runner. But before I give you my my pick on that, let's go ahead and move over to the NL Rookie of the Year. You have Alex Baum for Philadelphia finalist, Jake Cronenworth, who the Cardinals saw a little bit in the um, – Excuse me. In, in the wild card round, make a couple of base running mistakes uh, in, in that in that in that series. But he was he was solid all year. And then also a St. Louis native, uh, Devin Williams, who was just absolutely filthy as a reliever coming out of the pen. Williams did pitch in 2019, 13 games. Um, he had an ERA 3.95, but then in 22 games this year with his electric electric changeup, minuscule. .33 ERA, just one earned run. It came on a home run. He walked nine, struck out 53 in 27 innings. His ERA plus, two, or excuse me, 1,375. Filling independent pitching, .86. Uh, walks plus hits over innings pitched, whip, .63. strikeouts per nine. Those stats are ridiculous. Jake Cronworth, he had incredible stats as well. In 54 games, he hit 285, hit four home runs, three triples, 15 doubles, OPS plus of 128, slash 285, 354, 477, OPS of 831. Alex Baum, incredible year as, as a third baseman and, and first baseman for Philadelphia Phillies in 44 games. He hit 338, 400 on base, 481 slugging, OPS plus 136, four home runs, 23 runs driven, and 11 doubles. Again, all three of these races, or all four of these races, rather, are really close and, and you know, I think a couple of them, depending on what stats you, you value most, you could argue have a couple of different front runners. And I will I will argue that. I'll, I'll go backwards in terms of how I led the show. But actually, I'll start, first of all, actually, with my manager of the year vote. Uh, my vote goes to Don Mattingly. I think Don Mattingly wins the manager of the year. I think he deserves it. I mean, I understand it was a shortened season, but to go from 105 losses to a winning season and first playoff appearance in 17 years is remarkable. Using 61 players in 60 games is remarkable after first week and a half of the season. Uh, had a COVID-19 outbreak. So Don Mattingly really, really impressed me as a manager in order to navigate through this season. So he gets my um, manager of the year vote. But now, now I'll go backwards because I'll start with rookie of the year. I think it was the first guy I talked about, Devin Williams. I mean, those stats are absolutely ridiculous. 
22 games, I get it. 27 innings, you, you know, he, he, got, he got hurt near the end of the year as well. Wasn't on the playoff roster, but 4-1 and one record coming out of the bullpen. I think he was just masterful. So Devin Williams gets my rookie of the year nod. Um, Cy Young as well is going to be close. I think the, my, my favorites are Bauer and Darvish. But again, with Bauer leading the league in so many different categories of the ERA, the the hits per nine, the the ERA plus, I just think he gets it. He allowed one run or fewer in his eight of his last or in eight of his eleven starts, striking out twelve batters in four of them, at least twelve batters. So Bauer gets my vote for the Cy Young, and the MVP. I, I talked about him uh, extensively. It seemed like Freddie Freeman gets the the NL MVP nod there. So that's my um. Breakdown of the BBWAA Awards. Mattingly, Williams, Bauer, Freeman get my vote for the awards. Um, again, sorry for the late release today, guys. But tomorrow, stay tuned for the AL BBWAA Award breakdown as I give my votes for the AL Award winners. That will do it for the show today on Wednesday. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, stay safe, stay well, have a great day. Thank you.